to Katie Talks Trash, where I, Katie, talk trash about all my favorite reality escapism television that I love to watch. It's officially Christmas time. I have my Christmas mug, my Christmas coffee, with my Christmas tree lit up in my corner and a Christmas candle burning. I have all the Christmas things going for us to talk about reality television today. Um, first things first, let's talk other trashy reality. If you would like to skip forward to, if you're only here for The Bachelorette, that's fine. You can skip forward a couple of minutes. It really doesn't hurt my feelings. Um, I'm pretty much only doing this for myself anyways. So go for it if you want to skip a few minutes. But we're going to start with The Masked Singer. They unmasked Paul Anka um, as the broccoli last week, and that was fun. I love Paul Anka. Um, what an old school throwback. That was fun. Um, I have no idea who the jellyfish is, but I'm pretty sure the mushroom is Anthony Ramos. And tonight, Wednesday, we get the Super Six. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm having earphone issues. Um, yeah, so that's going to be a lot of fun. If you're not watching The Masked Singer, again, I highly recommend it. It's a fun show to watch. It's easy to binge. Your kids can watch it. Um, yeah, it's a super fun show. I'm so glad we started watching it. Um, we had a couple of Real Housewives episodes this week. We had Real Housewives of OC, which is kind of boring. Um, Orange County has always been one of my favorites, and it's just kind of boring this year. Um, we're getting a lot about Bronwyn's sobriety journey, which is fine, like great for her. I'm really glad she's making positive changes in her life. But um, it's unveiling her to be kind of a terrible person in the process, which I'm sure that a sobriety journey does that for everyone. And so... Um, I'm not shocked about it, but, like, she's just not my favorite person. Um, and it's just a lot. It's a lot. Um, they had their vow renewal this week, and, like, it was just a little cringy. Um, but I think that's just her and her style. Um, the ladies were terrible and brought tequila to a person who's sober's wedding, and they, like, acted like they couldn't go a day without tequila um, and it was just, like, really disrespectful. Kelly Dodd is a freaking monster. Um, every time she sees Bronwyn and they talk about her sobriety, Kelly says, well, I'm not a quitter. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, don't say that to people who are getting sober. Um, honestly, like, I could do without a couple of these housewives. Like, I could get rid of Bronwyn. I could get rid of Kelly Dodd. I, honestly, I could get rid of Shannon, which it makes me sad. But I, I've always liked Shannon, but, like, she's driving me nuts also. But, like, keep Gina and Emily... They're hilarious um, and a lot of fun, and they can stay, but I think we need some new blood on that show or just be done with that series completely. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, my Atlanta. These ladies are terrible. I love Whitney. Um, I think she's a gem, even though she keeps bringing stripper poles and everything, but I think she's really cool, and I think she's really transparent about her life and her father's life and, you know, I think that's really cool when people can be super transparent um, and not give a crap about, like, the backlash they're going to receive. Mary is cuckoo, but in a lovable way. Um, the whole situation with her being married to her step-grandfather is weird, um, but it's funny. And I, you know, if that's how she wants to live her life, great. Thanks for putting it on TV for us. Um, Lisa, not my favorite. Um, she kind of drives me nuts. Jen Shaw is a bit selfish. Um, she got mad because Meredith's daughter wanted to spend time with her instead of Jen having a sleepover at Meredith's house. It was weird. 
But that's what makes her a good housewife. She's ready and willing for drama. She thinks everything is about her. And uh, that makes a great housewife. So I'm not here to like these people. You know, I'm just here to watch them. I'm enjoying that series so far. Southern Charm is funny. Um, it's actually a really good season. Even though there's not like a ton of drama, it's really just entertaining to watch. Um, it's funny to see the reactions of people at the beginning of the pandemic because they sound just like we did where it was like oh this will only last a couple weeks or it's not that big of a deal I'll just hang out with my friends um I won't go out but like my friends can come over like we all sounded exactly like that um because we had no idea just how bad it was going to be um but I don't want to watch too much of it like I lived the pandemic like give me like an episode or two of how they dealt with it, but, like, I don't want to watch a whole season of my reality TV with them reliving six months ago, you know? Like, it's too much. But I think that's it for my other network reality. Watching a lot of Christmas shows with my kids, all the Christmas specials and the Disney sing-along and the Rockettes things happening. My kids love to watch that, so that's what we're doing. And we're trying to get in the spirit. It just feels like Christmas came on us so quick. Like I wasn't, this year has been so bizarre that I don't feel like it's Christmas yet, even though it's 29 degrees in Alabama right now. And it actually snowed in Alabama. And if you're not from Alabama, if you're randomly listening to me and you don't know who I am, I live at the beach in Alabama. And like, it doesn't get this cold here for most of Alabama. And for it to be snowing in December is really odd for us. Like we usually wear... Like, I was wearing shorts on Thanksgiving. I'll probably wear shorts on Christmas. But right now we're having quite the cold snap. It's really cold. But it just doesn't feel like Christmas yet. We're going to do some Christmassy things this weekend to try to get in the spirit. So, we'll see. Okay. On to The Bachelorette. For this week's episode, we're going back to the La Quinta. Here we are again. We open up on uh, Tasha setting a breakfast table with this giant plate of pastries that we all know that Tasha is not eating these pastries. Um, you do not look like that and eat cream cheese danishes for breakfast. You look like me when you eat cream cheese danishes for breakfast. You don't look like Tasha. No. Tasha has like a protein smoothie and avocado for breakfast, if she even eats that much for breakfast. Um, she's not eating um, a cinnamon roll. She's just not going to do it. Um, and then JoJo is here. JoJo is also not going to eat the pastries, but they're here. Um, and she has, like, a good conversation with JoJo. Um, Tasha says she's falling for multiple people. And JoJo tells her not to overthink it, which I think is hysterical. Because if you, this is any situation, this is where you should overthink things. You're going to make a partner for life in less than three weeks. And this is one of those things that you should overthink. Like, I, if I was a bachelorette, I wouldn't be sleeping. You know, like this is not just for fun. Um, the purpose of this show is to get engaged at the end of it and um, and to do that within, you know, a month. So this is one of those things that you should overthink. Uh, maybe you shouldn't overthink the people that you know that you're not going to end up with. But like the ones that you're you're really digging, you you should overthink those. Um, so then we cut to Chris Harrison knocking, not knocking on the door, even after Ed requested it. Um, you know, Chris Harrison is just barging into this strange little living room setup that they have in some suite, um, that the boys are always hanging out in. Um, Chris tells him there will be three dates, one group date and two one-on-one -on -one dates. Um, 
And that Chris is stepping aside to take his son to college, which means he has to exit quarantine and be gone for at least two weeks. So we're going to have JoJo do the Chris Harrison for Harrisoning for a few weeks, um, which is great. I think JoJo is a lot of fun. Um, she's not too over the top, which I like, which is one of the things we love about Chris Harrison. He's just kind of matter of fact. He's not an over the top host. JoJo is not an over the top person. And so I think she's going to be a good villain. Um, plus, I think I'm really excited about her interactions with Tasha. I think she's going to be a good um, person to have the serious conversations that Tasha's about to have. And JoJo has the date card. And the date card is a one-on-one, -on -one and it's going to Zach, which says she's going. She is looking for a man she can picture a future with. Also, Zach is 36 years old. We haven't discussed this. He's an actual grown adult, which we see more of this episode, um, Zach is a grown man. He's 36 years old, which I think may make him the oldest one there right now. Um, in between him and maybe Riley. I think Riley's about that age. Um, yeah, like, yay, Zach, an adult. And, like, it is a weird dynamic. We're going to get into the Bennett and Noah thing here in a little bit. But if Zach is 36 and Noah is 24, that is a huge Huge difference in men, right? Because, like, a 21-year-old man is more like a 16-year-old man. Like, a 36-year-old man is more like a 25-year-old man. Um, I'm just kidding. That was really misogynistic of me, but I don't think it was true. But, yeah, like, that's a huge difference um, in what Tasha has to balance in age and maturity levels with these men. I think Tasha maybe just wants to repeat the hot tub situation last week. You know, um, Zach got the hot tub make out. Um, and we also must discuss Zach's shoes. I remember being upset with his decision. Maybe it was with Claire. I don't know. It may have been the first night with Tasha. He was wearing a full-on suit, but with, with Jays. And he's wearing them again on this date. These, like, huge, high-top, white Jays. And, like... It's just, it's fine for some people, but it is not for Zach. It <laughs> should not be Zach's style. I just, I don't like it. Um, and then they're going to shoot wedding photos as a date. <laughs> if I asked my boyfriend, which in fact I did um, as a joke, if I asked my boyfriend to do this, I would no longer have a boyfriend. If I was like, hey, let's get dressed up in a wedding gown and tuxedo, even though we're just dating, not even engaged, and take pictures, um, I, that is a red flag in real life. <laughs> I asked my boyfriend to do that, and he was like, oh, <laughs> no. Um, we have Frederick from The Father of the Bride who is directing this photo shoot. This man is wearing shorts shorter than I own, and they have dragonflies all over them, and he's wearing them with pink suede loafers and a poochie scarf. I don't know what purpose this man serves. Um, he's the photographer and directing this photo shoot, but he's giving me, like, major Frederick vibes. Um, is it Frederick? Frank. Frank is his name in Father of the Bride. Gilbert Godfrey. I'm getting major Frank vibes from this guy. Um, Tisha, it's clearly, okay, it's a promo for the Black Tux and something else. I don't remember what the dress, um, company was. It's clearly, like, a sponsorship date, but... Tasha's having some, like, PTSD issues during this date. And, girl, this is not a good sign. Like, she takes one look at these wedding gowns, and it's overcome with the fact that they are going to do this. She is physically rejecting these gowns in this date idea. 
she's not doing well with it. Um, and that's not good. Like, ooh, her emotional state, I don't think it's ready for this. Um, also, I don't know if it was the right date to do with Zach. Like, maybe with Brendan, this would have been a good date. Or Ivan, this would have been a good date. But I don't know that she was there with Zach to be, like, looking at him as in a tuxedo and an oddly fit tuxedo. They put him in a white jacket that just did not fit him. And I know there was no time for alterations, but it was bad. That jacket was so wide. The gown that Tasha picks is gorgeous on her, of course, and has these like lace cutouts and stuff. And it's a beautiful gown. She looks, she looks phenomenal in anything, um, which is proven by the lime dress later. But, um, but this, does this not take away the magic of, like, an actual wedding? You know, like, I've done, back in my heyday, like, when I was, you know, young and skinny, I did bridal modeling for, like, local bridal shops and stuff like that. And, like, putting on a wedding gown is fun and all, but, like, what if she does end up with Zach? Like, they've already kind of had this moment of him seeing her in a wedding dress for the first time. I don't know. I don't know. I hate this date. I hate this date. It is so cringy. They are extremely uncomfortable in the beginning. Um, I just, I know it's a sponsorship date, but like, it's awful. It's awful. Um, they change a couple of different times. Tasha looks awesome in everything that she puts on, a couple of different like cocktail dresses, but they keep putting Zach and some like brocade jackets that are awful. These suits are a travesty, what they had dressed this man in. It is awful. And like, I just, I hate this date. I hate this date. Um, I just, I don't know how many times I can say that. I hate this date. Um, they do have like a picnic lunch after this photo shoot. And um, I miss a lot of what they're saying because I'm distracted by how white Tasha's teeth are. Like they're, they look really white. Um, I'm sure she has some, um, influence or sponsorship for teeth whitening. You know, one of those things that like you, those UV lights that you, <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, Zach also drops a bomb that he was married before for about a year. And that's all we get into right then about his previous marriage. But Tasha does say that she thinks it's maybe a good thing that Zach was married before, especially because she's also been married before. And they can kind of relate to each other on like a failed marriage um, situation. That they kind of know what to expect in a marriage and um, maybe know how to avoid some issues later on down the road, which I tend to agree with her as a divorced woman. I tend to agree with her. It would be very hard for me to marry someone who has not been married before. Um, just because you have some kind of like romantic interpretations of marriage before getting married um, and maybe don't see the full real life aspect of marriage and like what it truly means to spend forever with somebody and your second time around I'm not saying that dating is not romantic the second time around or you can have like you know the romantic fantasies about marriage but like you just it's just a little more real to you the second time around um, what it's like to um, 
wake up next to the same person every single day, what it's like the idea of mortality is a little real in a marriage, which sounds terrible. That sounds morbid. But like truly looking across the table from somebody and saying, is this, can I see my myself being with this person in the case of sickness or um, when we are really old, can I handle um, being separated from this person um, when it comes time to, you know, go in a nursing home? Can I handle losing this person early in life? You know, what if this man has a heart attack at age 60? Can I handle losing this person? Those things become real the second time around. Um, and I know that sounds really strange to talk about, but it it's true. They do. They just become a little more real the second time around. The romance um, is gone in the aspect of believing that everything is going to be perfect. You know that, like, what your triggers are in living life with somebody and how to avoid those the second time around. Um, so, anyways, I agree with Tasha on that standpoint. That was kind of a tangent. Um, but I do agree with Tasha on that. Then we move into the night date, and they are cute. They really seem to vibe, and they have really great conversation, um, which is good. They're able to, there's no, like, awkwardness in the conversation. They're able to, you know, flow conversation easily. And I think that, on the part, is part of Tasha's personality. I think she is able to hold conversations well with people. Um, she really does listen to people. She's not just listening to respond. Um, I think that is a kudos to Tasha, and I also think it's a kudos to Zach. I think Zach has the same personality traits. Um, and then Zach kind of spills a story. She says she wants to learn about Zach, and Zach is like, okay, here we go. He reveals he had a brain tumor, um, like in college, and then he decided to marry the girl that he was with, but um, made some really bad choices within their marriage that he kind of acted like he wasn't married and did a lot of drinking and drugs. He ended up getting arrested and having a DUI and his life left him. And then he went downhill from there and somehow had like an intervention moment where he was trying to cash a bad check at the bank. And the bank teller happened to know Zach's father. Zach's father came and got him. They checked into a rehab facility where he was there for four months. Like four months in a rehab facility is a long time. A long time. I think Zach was pretty messed up at some point. Um, but Zach ended up turning his life around, and now he's on the board of the rehab facility that he went to, and he's an addiction specialist, and I think that's super cool. Like, I'm really proud of Zach to be able to share this story with Tasha. Like, this is super cool. Um, we get a lot of that this episode, and I like it. Um, I think it's really neat when guys can open up like this um, and share the really hard parts of their life. Um, and while this is happening, we cut to the boys talking crap. Um, we get a date card, which is a group date for Spencer, Ivan, Ed, Blake, Brendan, Riley, Damar, Bennett, Ben, Noah, which means Easy gets the one-on-one. I'm really excited for Easy. Easy is really excited, and all the guys are really excited for Easy also. Um, and then we go back to the date. Um, they're still having this really great conversation, and I I like it. And the problem is I like Tasha with too many of these men. Like, I like her with Ben and Ivan and Zach and Brendan and Riley. But she can only pick one. 
Um, of course, Zach is going to give date rose. There's a surprise Ferris wheel. I don't know how they pull this off. How did they pull off a, a Ferris wheel? I don't know, but there is. Um, then they have a Ferris wheel makeout session, which to me is terrifying. I can't close my eyes on a Ferris wheel like that because I feel like I'm constantly going to fall out, much less like have a heavy makeout session with someone in these tiny little seats that swing a little too much for me, you know? So that's the date. It was a good date with Zach. Um, I think she likes Zach a lot. Um, and, and I like Zach. I thought it was cool that he was able to open up like that. So then we move on to the next day. There's a group date. They walk into the room and there's naked people. And they think they're going to get naked again. And Blake and Riley cannot handle it. I think Blake is ready to walk out if they tell him that he has to get naked again. Um, which is funny to me. Because Blake, they do make mention that, like, everything that Blake says, he's just, like, one of those people who kind of always turns things into, like, a dirty thing. And, like, he makes a penis out of clay here in a little bit in this art session. So, like, if he's so uncomfortable getting naked, but he really likes to talk about sex. So, um, but just kidding. They're not getting naked. They're going to sketch nudes. And this is going to turn out horribly. And I'm here for it. There's some drama with Bennett and Noah throughout this date. Bennett, like, kicks Noah out of the seat next to Tasha, and they're, he's, like, shooting daggers at Noah across the room the entire time. There's just, like, some passive-aggressive comments the whole date. And whatever. Um, it's getting old. Um, the drawings are not good. Um, it's a lot of stick figures, a lot of laughing. And then they're going to sculpt something out of clay while blindfolded. I don't know why you would sculpt something blindfolded but they are Bennett takes the opportunity to make out with Tasha while no one can see them while they're blindfolded um Blake makes a penis out of clay um several of them you know they're making just like silly things somebody makes a pizza I think it was Spencer makes a pizza Ben makes an infinity simple um Bennett makes sculptures of all the homes that he and Tasha will own later in life I love Bennett to his detriment. Um, yeah. Bennett knows how to make good TV. Um, now they're going to make self-portraits, and the best will get extra one-on-one -on -one time with Tasha at the end of this. Uh, ben is terrified to be vulnerable, um, which is understandable later. Bennett does a, a needlepoint on his canvas with a not-so-subtle dig at Noah in his explanation about his privilege. Blake paints a turtle to death. Brendan turns his canvas into a picture frame that Tasha can picture herself with him. Um, Riley tells an emotional story with um, his portrait about his lack of quality time with the family that he had, and all of these men are very introspective. Like, I'm really kind of impressed. Um, and then Ben, who is struggling, decides to just go get naked instead of being vulnerable and saying that is how being he is being vulnerable. But here, I have a hot take on this, okay? I think that this was Ben really avoiding being vulnerable. He was like, I don't want to have any of these stories that these men are talking about. Um, so I'm just going to take my clothes off and show off my hot body and distract her with my penis and... Um, then I can just be like, look, I'm vulnerable and I'm here for you because I'm naked. How much more vulnerable can you get than you're being naked? Um, hot take, Ben. You can get, um, vulnerable while wrapped up like a mummy because vulnerability is about your emotions and your heart, not about your penis. I still love Ben. Anyways, but 
Um, and maybe it makes a little more sense, given his story that he's going to share with us in a little bit, why being naked for him was vulnerable. Um, but in the moment, it did not feel very vulnerable. It felt very um, nasty. Um, but this moves Tasha to tears. Tasha has to leave the room. She is so overwhelmed with the vulnerability and emotional stance of these men that she leaves the room and cries a little bit. Um, and then she comes back and says she that the guys were all so amazing. She couldn't pick one to win. She'll spend time with each of them instead on the night portion, which I do think is fair. Um, Riley steals her first in the night portion, and he's so sweet. I don't think that Riley is the right one for Tasha. I don't think he's going to end up in the finals. I think he is a great person, but I don't see them together. Um, but I do think that Riley deserves all the happiness in the world. He seems like a normal person. Um who has a lot of romance and is going to make a woman very happy someday. I just don't think it's fair to him. Um, Ivan, we love Ivan. Not enough Ivan in this episode. After last week when we really got to see Ivan really clearly, I just wish we had a little bit more. Same thing with Brendan. I do think that she is holding all of the men to the first date Brendan standard. Um, I think that that was just such like a great kickoff for her that I think the rest of the men are having to live up to this standard of Brendan, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing, um, but I just think that's where she is. So then we're going to cut to Easy's date card, um, which says he and Zach are just hanging out, and it says, I hope you aren't scared of falling in love. I love Easy so much. Um, I'm hoping that the accusations aren't true, not for, like, I just don't want it to be a thing think if it's true like it should be handled appropriately but if it's not true I am going to be a little mad that we got cheated out of so many easy edits um I love easy um okay then we go back to the boys uh Bennett keeps bringing up this issue with Noah I love Bennett but it's time to stop like he is just making himself look bad and I think maybe Bennett is enough is self-aware enough to know that he's not going to win this so he's just gonna like get a lot of screen time and I think that's where we are with Bennett and he's funny. Like, I love Bennett. And I love his um, his passive-aggressiveness and, like, his little digs. Like, I think they're funny. I probably would not find them as funny in person. But on TV, it's it's good TV. Um, do we get to Ben? My Instagram has been a Ben Stan account all this week. I love Ben. I think he's cute and um, extremely attractive. And I also think he's really charming. Like, his Instagram is funny. Like, he doesn't – he's not posting, like – his thirst trap pictures are pictures of his body with him making a stupid face, um, which I love. I love somebody who can joke around, especially about themselves. And Ben's that guy. He seems just like a fun-loving guy. I like Ben. Um, but then Ben just kind of opens up a little bit more, and he explains to Tasha that, you know, when he was younger, he figured out what girls like and um, developed an eating disorder as a teenager to impress girls. He wanted to look hot for the girls. And um, he struggled with bulimia. I now feel a little gross for objectifying Ben's rear end on Instagram after knowing he struggles with his self-image. Um, but, yeah, like, this is weird. Like, a man talking about an eating disorder is extremely rare extremely rare and they do struggle with it like there's no way to say that men don't um and so I think it's really cool that Ben stepped out and talked about male 
eating disorders. That's a real thing. So kudos to Ben. Just made me love Ben more. Um, he gets the date rose uh, for the group date, which is cool. Yay, more Ben. Um, we get Ben for at least another episode. I, I've been in my, my files. I think he's going to make it through. Um, and I'm really, I'm really impressed with the guy's backstories. Um, most of the time, it's like really privileged sob stories, you know, like, like Luke P's shower introspection about losing his virginity and sleeping with too many women. Like, that's not a sob story, you know, like that is a really privileged sob story or like, you know, the biggest, you know, struggle that people have is that their parents got divorced. Not that that's not a really big struggle and a major change in your life. I'm not diminishing that by any way, but like. Those are usually the sob stories that we get. Like, we don't get the sob stories that we are getting this season. We got drugs, prison time, eating disorders, brain tumors. Last week we had Ivan talking about his brother's struggles and Black Lives Matter. These are really important things, and they're timely things, and it's only making us fall more in love with these men. And I think that in the forced situation that this season is in, where they can't do all the fluff stuff that we're used to on this show. Um, they're just seriously having to film them having conversations. Like, I think this season we are getting more in-depth conversations because I think they're actually happening because there's nothing else for them to do. I love it. This is welcomed. Um, I hope that we keep it. It feels so much more true to the first couple of seasons where these people weren't in it for fame. They really were there to try to find love, and so their conversations were deep. And, um, yeah, like, this show struggles a lot with actual substance, and I like that we're getting substance. Um, I hope we keep it. I hope this becomes a trend. I hope that ABC is hearing that people love it um, and that they try to make that more of a focus, like less naked bungee jumping and more of this, you know? Um, Tasha wants to know these things about these guys. I want to know these things about these guys. And we're making more connections with the contestants this way. I like it. Um, we go back to um, the group date. And Tasha does call out Noah and Bennett ominously before the date is over. That she's going to get to the bottom of the problems that they're having. And Bennett gives us the one of the iconic lines of the season, which Bennett has given us several. Like Bennett is a season icon. Um, I'm not on the babysitter. I'm on the bachelorette. Like, yeah, you're right, Bennett. Um, yeah, so that's the group date. Ben gets the group date rose. We're really excited about that. And now we're going to move on to the easy date. So they make up some story about a ghost. Like, there's no way this is true, right? Um, there's some ghost that lives at the La Quinta in Palm Desert. No, absolutely not. I'm really ready for some iconic, easy moments here. You knew this was going to be fun. Like, you knew that this was a great date for easy to be on. Um, you knew he was going to scream like a girl. You knew he was going to be funny. You knew he was going to have some fun one-liners. Um, and they genuinely seem to be having a great time on this date. They know it's stupid. You know, they know that this isn't real. And they're just having a good time. I love it. These producers are really doing the most. 
Um, my favorite moment of the date is while they're in the, the library, you know, where this ghost really is supposed to be, and something spooks them. And Tasha runs out, like runs out, and Easy grabs her wine glass and runs out of the room yelling, wait! And he's like, you left your wine! It's really funny and really cute. And I would love to go on this date with Easy. So Easy, if you would like to repeat this date, like, call me, you know? Um, and then we get to the group, to the night portion of the date. And this is where things... I really don't even know how to talk about it. So first, well, why don't we start with what Tasha's wearing? So Tasha is wearing this lime green silk cocktail dress that I'm pretty sure she's the only person on the planet who it would look normal on. Like, it looks amazing on her. Anybody else? Absolutely not. This dress is not meant for anybody else but Tasha Adams. Um, it's so bright that it's reflecting in the eyes of her water glass on the table. Like, <laughs> it is green. And so they start having a conversation, and Easy tells her that he's he's falling in love with her. Um, and while they're having this conversation, we do get some cutbacks to the guys who are like, "My money is on Easy," and this is where I like started having a like, "Oh no, this is editing foreshadowing." Like Easy's about to get cut. Oh no, because they're like they have a genuine connection. Like which, if that was true, we missed that because of the editing editing issue. The guys are talking like they have a natural chemistry, um, that Tasha really seems drawn to Easy. And Easy is talking about how he's falling in love with her and sees a future with her. And Tasha gets the date rose and says that as much fun as she has with him, she's not there yet. And therefore, is not going to give him the date rose, which on a one-on-one -on -one date means that you go home. It doesn't mean that you just like go to the rose ceremony. It means like you're donezo. And I was shook. I mean, like my notes here are just like a stream of consciousness about easy. What? Oh my gosh, easy. I'm so mad. She says she doesn't want to waste his time, that she she's not there. She's not sure she's going to be there with him. And Easy is genuinely shocked. Even, like, when they close the door and, like, the producers are still filming, but, like, they're not supposed to be easy. It's like, Tasha, are you for, are you for real? And she's like, yeah. And then they come to get his suitcase, and the guys are just, they are blown away. Easy's crying in the limo. I really do feel like he was blindsided. It came out of nowhere. She dropped a bomb on him. I mean, we were all blindsided. I didn't see it coming. Again, like, I think maybe maybe we missed some stuff because they, you know, edited Easy very specifically in this season. And I feel like we missed some things in their relationship that maybe we would have had um, if we had gotten the full Easy story. I think maybe there were some confessionals with Tasha that maybe we missed. Um, I don't know. Maybe we missed some interactions that we would have picked up on some of this prior to, but it just felt really shocking. Um, and I'm real sad about it because I did love Easy. Also, like all I could think of is Ed is still here. 
but we lost easy. You know, how is Ed still on this show? Lucky son of a gun. Of course, the next morning, all of the guys are just like shell shocked that easy is gone. Um, and I can't blame them. Like, I, I really was very shocked. Um, JoJo comes in. Her hair looks phenomenal. Like, can somebody who does JoJo's hair come do my hair? Um, she says there's not going to be a cocktail party. Instead, we're going to basically have an intervention for Bennett and Noah, which is a two-on-one date. And one will go home, and one will get a rose, and that will be the end of the Bennett and Noah situation. And Bennett has lots of confidence going into this. I don't have the same confidence for Bennett. He can make himself look bad. Um, again, I think that Bennett is making good television. I think he knows he's probably not going to win um, and is just here for the screen time at this point. Um, but he, he's also making himself look bad in the process. Um, Noah, I, I can take or leave Noah. Um, I think he just has some immaturity issues that have led to this drama. Um, we see Bennett wrapping a gift that, of course, we assume is for Tasha, but it's not for Tasha. It's for Noah. It's a gentlemanly gift. And first, it's a red bandana. Um, and uh, Noah's, I mean, Bennett says he wants that to symbolize that there's not bad blood between them. Gives them mustache socks, basically to make fun of Noah's mustache. And then this is where things take a turn. He gives him a book about emotional intelligence, which he explains that Noah is deficient in three of the emotional intelligence levels. And he says he's not trying to belittle Noah, but to help him, but he absolutely is belittling Noah. Like, there's no doubt about it. Like, Bennett is not sincere in wanting to help Noah become a better person. Um, he just looks super smug, and it makes him look bad. I still love him. I still love him, but he just made himself look bad. Um, Noah actually is coming out better in this situation. Um, and then Tasha comes in and honestly reminds me of the scenes on the show Intervention where they confront the attic. Like, it looks just like that scene. But then they're going to cliffhang us, um, of course, and it is the end of the two-on-one next week. I, I don't think that Bennett's going to come out of this one. I think Bennett's going to go home on the two-on-one. I really do. I think Noah is going to stick around for the rest of the one. Um, and we get a preview of next week, and it's heavy. There's a lie detector test. All of the men are breaking down. We get a lot of Zach, Riley, and Brendan in the previews, which means one of those guys is going home next week. Um, I think that um, we're going to lose Bennett in the two-on-one. I think Ed, Spencer, Noah, Damara, I think they're going home in the rose ceremony, um, which we should, like, open up back on the two-on-one and then immediately go into a rose ceremony and then have a full episode after that. I think that we're going to see Riley, Zach, and Blake hold on through another episode. Um, I think the last men standing will be Brendan, Ben, Riley, and Ivan. And I think my final two right now are Brendan and Ben. Um, everyone's being held to the Brendan standard, and I think that she truly has a connection with Ben. Um... And then I'm wondering how they're going to wrap this up. So Matt James starts right after New Year's. We're not going to overlap seasons. There's no way we're going to do this. I think that we have like two to three weeks left of Tasha. I don't see them doing an episode for the week in between Christmas and New Year's because it's just kind of like a throwaway week. There's going to be a lot of like college football and stuff happens during that week. And so like I, I think that we have like two to three weeks. We may have a episode. I think we may get our finale episode the week of Christmas. I haven't looked at it probably could I mean this is like public knowledge about how many episodes we have left but um, I think our finale may be Christmas week with Christmas being at the end of the week um, 
we don't have hometowns. They're not going to leave and go to hometowns. We'll probably get like hometown Zoom dates. Or maybe we won't get like family interaction at all. Um, you know, I don't, maybe we just won't have that this season. Um, we still have the ex-husband drama that has been rumored. Like, y'all have seen that on TikTok, right? Where supposedly like her ex-husband comes back. Which, if that is true, like, that is total bullcrap on ABC. Like, Tasha's made it very clear she really doesn't have a relationship with her ex-husband. They haven't really talked. She didn't even tell him she was going to be the bachelorette, which I get. I mean, they don't share children or anything. And once you're divorced and you don't share kids, like, there's really not a whole lot of reason to talk to each other. And so, like, if they have done that, like, <laughs> what bullcrap and how thirsty is her ex-husband? Okay? That's just my take on that before we get into the episode, if they actually do that. Um... I just, I hope that that's not true, and maybe we're just seeing, like, I don't know, some TikTok fabrication, you know? I just really hope that that isn't a real thing for Tasha's sake. Um, that just seems like a money grab by this show, and I, and I don't like it, you know? So, yeah, I guess that's it. So, we'll see how, how this goes. I think we're going to have some heavy eliminations. Um, I think we're going to see more people being eliminated, like, on dates, um, rather than just rose ceremonies, and it's going to get real serious real quick. Um, Tasha says in the preview, you know, the more I learn about this man, the more I'm finding things I don't like, and I think that that is either going to be about Zach or Riley. Um, I don't think it's going to be like about Brendan or Ivan or Ben. I think it's going to be about Riley or Zach because they seem to have the most like past baggage. Um, you know, I think Riley has a daughter, um, Zach has like a sordid past, and I think, I think that's who she's talking about, but, you know, we'll see. Um, we probably, maybe we'll have some like, two times a week. If I got two times a week of freaking Peter, and how awful his season was, if they made me watch like Monday and Tuesday for multiple weeks, like, can we at least get two times a week, one week for... Tasha and like these men who are normal people like <laughs> like I'd, I want to forget that the Peter's season even existed and and we had to watch that multiple times a week for like three weeks okay so let's let's give Tasha the same consideration all right um yeah that's it for this episode um I think it's I think it was a good episode I think that I really liked the way that the men opened up um, and I feel like I know these guys more than I've ever known contestants in the past. And so, like, even with Hannah B's season, I knew more about Luke P because of all his drama than I ever knew about Tyler, who is, like, you know, an icon of this franchise. So, um, yeah, I'm really, I'm enjoying it. Like, way to go, Tasha! Like, you're having a great season. Um, I hope that this truly does end up with someone that she is going to have a life with. I really do. I hope the best for this season. Yeah, that's it. So if you're not following me on Instagram, make sure that you do, at Katie Talks Trash. Um, I do like to talk on Instagram during the show. Um, and so make sure you're following me. And um, you're subscribing on all your favorite podcast platforms for Katie Talks Trash. And I guess that's it. So cheers to next week.